This morning we have a special treat for us. We've invited Andy Lynch to come and share with us this morning as he is uh, the leader of FCA, Fellowship of Christian Athletes in our area, and uh, we support him as a church, and so we would just like to invite him and come and share with us this morning. So if you would, welcome Andy Lynch. Thank you. Good morning. All right. I'll move this up a little bit here. If I can do it. I did it earlier. There we go. That's better. Up at my level. Well, I want to thank you for uh, being at FCA Church. You guys support us. You come alongside us. Uh, you're involved in our activities, many, many of your congregation members. And, and it's really the church support in our area that allows us to do what we do. So thank you. Thank you for being on board with us and supporting us both financially, in action, and in prayer. Uh, we certainly need we need that support, so thank you. We've got some cool events coming up this summer uh, that you can be part of. No matter who you are in this congregation, you can be part of it. We've got a free football camp. U.S. Plastics helps us put that on uh, over at Spencerville this year. It's Saturday, July the 14th. Starts at 9.15-ish uh, is registration, 10 o'clock. But college and professional athletes come back to the area. They're from the area, a lot of them, and they give back. Uh, Kyle Miller played in the NFL. Mark Miller played in the NFL. They'll come back. They started it at Elida this year. We're moving it to Spencerville. I've got some sheets here. If you have a grandson, a nephew, a son, a daughter, girls are welcome too. Eight to 13 year olds. You can see me after the service uh, or you can sign up online, district8fca.org. But we share some truth with them, some scripture. Uh, we show them that we care. We've got some awesome individuals that are going to pour into their lives for two hours and just give them that uh, positive uh, reinforcement in their lives to let them know that they matter, and then they get some cool stuff at the end too, Gatorade and a bag and, uh, you know, neat stuff that they'll, they'll take home and they'll say, yeah, this is a great camp, but uh, it, it's an awesome opportunity. So if you have anyone in that 8 to 13 year old range in your family, they're going to have fun. It's not a contact football camp, so you don't have to worry about concussions. Uh, we don't have a concussion protocol or the tent that you go under to make sure everything's all right. We're not going to deal with that. We're just going to have some fun uh, running out there. My son got to do it last year and he loved it. And he's coming back this year. So that's, that's a good endorsement right there. Also have the banquet the next night, uh, July the 15th. It's a Sunday night. Uh, already have confirmed uh, a couple, couple guys. Joe Horn, you might remember him from Waynesfield Goshen. Uh, he'll come back. He'll be at the football camp as well. And he'll speak. He coaches up at Tiffin University now for football. Had some time with the Colts uh, right after college at Ashland. We'll also have uh, Matt Barr from Kenton, who's over at Kent State right now. And he's on the MAC Leadership Council. So he's one of the top leaders in that entire conference, and he's going to be at both events as well. And we just confirmed we're going to have Miss Ohio. Her name's Sarah Clapper. I think she's from the uh, Akron, uh, Canton area. But a friend of ours connected us to her. She was a gymnast, uh, went through a career-ending uh, injury, and her faith propelled her through that. And now she gets to share the truth as Miss Ohio, and she's going to come back and share with us too. Uh, and then we have other ones we're working on as well. So that's an event if you have a team of any kind, if you have a little league team. Uh, last year, Coach Hammond's soccer uh, league came, and, and we invited them. It's a free meal. Uh, thanks again to U.S. Plastics, and a great opportunity to hear these stories of faith from people that grew up right here in Northwest Ohio or in Ohio, in Miss Ohio's case, and their faith propelled them to where they're at today. Um, so you can see me afterwards for that, and we have a silent auction that goes along with that. If you have a business, we'd love to promote your business. Uh, by having auction items from you uh, through that. Enough of that. Enough of the advertisements. Acts 4. 
Acts 4 is awesome. I love, we, we heard it earlier, Acts 4.13, the members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, for they could see they were ordinary men with no special training in the scriptures. They also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. Join me in prayer. Father, that's the verse that I want to live my life by. I know that's the heart of so many people here as well. We are ordinary men and women, and we want people to see ordinary men and women that are characterized by one thing, the fact we've been with Jesus. And so this morning, I thank you that we are with you, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and we can go outside these walls, outside these doors, and make a difference in the world around us. Speak to us today, common men and women, not trained in the scriptures, many of us, but we're with Jesus. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As I read through Acts 4, nor- normally I share stories, you know, of my life and how God has connected that. I do a weekly devotional for WTLW.com called Points of Life, where I take a, a situation that I've endured or, or gone through. A lot of times it's something funny my kids say, and I'll write what they said. And then we'll attach some scripture to it. And so that's what I do. You know, I see God in the everyday life. But Pastor Brian said, hey, can you speak June the 10th? And I was like, yeah, sure. He's like, you want to talk about Acts 4? I was like, let's go. Why not? Let's give it a try. You know, let's dig in. So this week, I've just been, I've been digging in. I've, I've been jotting down notes. And so I really feel like an ordinary man with no special training in the scriptures. But I've been with Jesus and I've got the Holy Spirit guiding me through this process. And as I went through chapter, or chapter 4, verses 1 through 22, I kept writing down one word, the word power. What do you think of when you hear the word power? You think of government, because they have power. Do you think of power trips? Because <laughs> I do. Maybe by your boss. Maybe right now you're thinking, oh man, I remember... Had a power trip this week. My boss kind of, and maybe you're looking around, my boss is sitting right over there. I better not say anything. Power trips. When we cover sports in our area for TV 44, we roll up to a curb at a football game. We park illegally because we're only there for 15, 20 minutes. Most of the law enforcement officers understand this and are gracious because we're leaving soon. And so we pull up, we run through the gate. If the ticker taker's still there, they kind of wave to us. We rarely sign in because we got to get out to the game and everyone understands that. We do our highlights and everything's good. As tournament time comes, no matter the sport, it gets a little more difficult. We'll go down to Piqua or we'll go to the UD Arena in Dayton or up at Bowling Green, the Stroh Center. And they don't know who TV44 is. And so we'll say, hey, we're media. And they'll kind of look at our car, and if it's marked, the parking guy might let us in, or they might try and charge us for parking. And then we get to the gate, and yeah, I should be on the list. We call the head, and oh, but you know, you need your media credential, they say. And so I show them my camera, which is not a normal camera. And I show them my coat that says WTLW, and I show them my shirt that says WSN. And eventually they get it. <laughs> okay. But some of these guys, they, they don't, and they, they really push the issue. Even if we've called ahead and done our part. There's power trips in life. And in those situations, we really see man's power. Man asserting his power. We like to play Mario Kart. I don't know if anyone else out there as a family likes to play Mario Kart. Nathan, my son, he'll be here second service. 
He's the best. Anna has gotten better. She's seven. She's a year younger. She's, she's okay. My wife and I battle it out, you know. It's, it's fun. It's fun family fun. And a lot of times, Nathan will take the lead in a race. And so it's, it's kind of a strategy now. You lay back, and you, you're near the back of the pack. Because once those power-ups come, you have a chance, if you're near the back of the race, to get the rocket. And if you get the rocket, boom, you are gone. You don't have to control your car. You don't have to control your speed. It's all gone. It's all automatic. And so you can race from the back of the pack to the start. But if you're near the start to start the race, you don't get that power-up. You just get, you can throw banana peels. You know, it's not as good a power when you're at the front of the race as it is when you're at the back. And how true is that? When we are weak, he is strong. And we are strong, we are humbled. Because it's on our power, it's not God's power. So power is what we're talking today. In Acts 4, we see all sorts of power. Power then that can change our lives now. It's power then that can still change our lives now. Let's dive right in. I encourage you, if you have your Bible, open it up. Uh, I think it'll be on the screen as well. Uh, If you have an app, awesome thing to do. Just pull up your, your Bible on your app. It's great to follow along. I love to do this because when I see something and I say, oh, where did that come from? I can bounce back to the chapter before, a couple of verses before. I can kind of sit there and, and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to me when I'm sitting out there in the congregation. It's not that I'm stopped paying attention to who's speaking, but sometimes God's leading me down that path where I want to investigate more. So I encourage you to do that. Open your Bible. Chapter 4, verses 1 through 3. While Peter and John were speaking to the people, they were confronted by the priests, the captain of the temple guard, and some of the Sadducees. These leaders were very disturbed that Peter and John were teaching people that through Jesus there is resurrection of the dead. They arrested them, and since it was already evening, they put them in jail until morning. Now, if you guys were here last week, Acts 3 is what you worked through. Peter and John, of course, healed the crippled beggar. All of his life he'd been crippled. And that stirred things up, especially with the religious leaders. We see man's power at work here. All right, we're going to throw you in jail. You two guys are stirring it up. you got these crowds listening to you. We're going to throw you in jail. And we can't really get together tonight. So you have to stay in jail overnight. And we'll deal with you in the morning. A little power trip there going on. We control the situation. We're heading this off. We're taking off the head of the, the anti-establishment people. We're going to throw them in jail. But look at how God is working despite Peter and John's circumstances. Verse 4 says, But many of the people who heard the message believed it. So the number of men who believed now totaled about 5,000. That's just men. You ever go through life where you're doing the right thing? You're following what God wants you to do. But there's hardship. There's illness in your family. There's a loss of jobs. I just met with a guy a couple weeks ago. And... He committed his life to Christ again. And then he had some job issues. And I I pointed him to the the parable of the sower and how when that new believer takes hold of Jesus and follows him, how many times does the, the birds come in and pick up the seed? And they try and, the weeds try and choke it out. That's not God testing us. That's the evil one saying, this is a marked follower of Jesus that I want to take back. How many times do you do the right thing, but bad things happen? Why do bad things happen to good people? How often do we hear that or see that posted on Facebook? Well, look at this. Bad things are happening to good people, 
But God is still working. Many of the people, these two guys are in jail overnight, but people all around are believing in Jesus. Don't be discouraged when bad things are happening, especially when you're doing the right thing. Because God is working all the time. We see man's power, the power trip. We're throwing you in jail overnight. We see God's power. Up to 5,000 men following Jesus. God's power is greater than man's power. If I want, if you, if you take away one thing today, God's power is always greater than man's power. Verse 7, keeps getting interesting. The next day, the rulers and elders and scribes gathered together in Jerusalem. When Annas, the high priest, and Caiaphas, and John and Alexander, and all who were in the high priestly family. So Annas was the high priest. He was seen as the high priest. Caiaphas, what we read, is the acting high priest. So he's the guy with the actual you know, nuts and bolts, everyday maneuvers at this point. Very powerful household, right? By earthly standards, these guys run everything. When we think of our, our political system, we might think of powerful families, the Kennedys. They had people all over the place in power. The Bushes, perhaps. Two presidents, Jeb Bush, whatever he does down in Florida. I'm not real political. All kinds of power in these families when we think of politics. So it's man's power, powerful household. But look at what this powerful family says in verse 7. When they had set them in their midst, they inquired, by what power or by what name did you do this? The people with all the power want to know where you're getting your power from. They see you have more power than I do. Where did that come from? Because I want that power back. I want to be in control. Do people ask you, by what power are you doing that? Is your life so different that there must be some other power that is guiding you? Perhaps they say, by what power did you endure that illness with joy? By what power did you exhibit peace amidst hardship that doesn't make sense, a peace that passes understanding that we read about in the scriptures? By what power did you have joy when the rest of the world was mourning? By what power were you able to speak words to me that you didn't know I needed to hear, but I did? That's one of my favorite things I get to do with Fellowship Christian Athletes and TV44 and just as a dad (laughs) and a husband is I get to sit there and listen to people. And I go into a lot of these meetings without an agenda and By the end, the Holy Spirit has given me something to say, to encourage, to point out, just something that helps somebody. And I know that's not me. I know I'm an ordinary man. But I've been with Jesus, and the Holy Spirit has given me that when I'm still enough and quiet enough just to listen. To listen to God, to listen to other people. My daughter when she was almost two, she'll be here second service as well, and she's awesome, she's got all this energy, and when she was almost two years old, she drank a bottle of children's Tylenol. The strong little girl climbed up on the counter, took the child-proof lock off that I can't get off, but her meaty little hands got it off, and she drank it, the whole thing. And she went to the emergency room, it was late that night, after one o'clock in the morning, And I was praying and pleading for my little girl. And God said, I've got her. 
And the doctors, after those, that four-hour period had passed where they could let the, do the test, I guess, to see how much of the alcohol and the medicine got into our system, they said, on a scale, I forget what the scale was, but like 25 or 50 was high. She had two. My little girl drank a bottle of children's Tylenol and should have a lot more than a two. By what power was that medicine taken out? The God that creates us, that knows our bodies and our beings, can reach in and pull out the bad stuff. And we believe he did. No one's ever said to you, by what power have you done something in your life? The good news is, there's still time. You're still here. God's still working. And so I encourage you to submit to him, in those hard times especially, and allow his power, when you are weak, to be exhibited to make you strong. Verse 8, then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit. Here's, here's a power passage again. Filled with the Holy Spirit. Peter, you know, this, this guy that just loves to <laughs> take life by the horns. He said to them, rulers and elders of the people, are we being questioned today because we've done a good deed? Perhaps we could call it a powerful deed for a crippled man. Do you want to know how he was healed? Power being restored into a body, a body that was broken, that was powerless, was given power. Verse 10, let me clearly state, so powerful speech to all of you. And so all the people of Israel, that he was healed by the powerful name of Jesus. The New Living Test, uh, Translation says, the powerful name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene. The man you crucified, so that's man's power, They thought they would head this off and kill Jesus and we'll kill this rebellion off. That's man's power. The man you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead. God's power is greater than man's power every time. This is great news. But so many times I live in my own weak power. And I don't even tap into God's power. I've got great plans. I've got vision for what needs to happen It's all very clear to me in my mind, in my strategy, in my execution. And I miss out on everything God could be doing in that situation. Verse 11, for Jesus is the one referred to in the scriptures where it says, the stone that you builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. In this part, they're they're quoting two different places. Psalm 118, 22 and 23 David says the same thing. We think that's David's psalm. And then in Matthew 21, 42, Jesus quoted that same psalm. And so talk about two powerful guys in Scripture, David, a man after God's own heart, and Jesus, the one we're here for today. Powerful Scripture, the cornerstone, the powerful part of the building that holds it up. God's power displayed all over this place. It's interesting to see what Jesus then said after he quoted that psalm in Matthew 21, 42. The next verse, 21, 43, he's speaking to the religious leaders, and he says, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a nation that will produce the proper fruit. The New King James Version says, bearing the fruits of the kingdom. The kingdom was made to produce fruit. We as Christians are made to produce fruit. The Pharisees and the Sadducees and the religious leaders of the day God's people, the Hebrew nation, was made to produce fruit. And here, Jesus said, 
man's power, your regulations, your rules produce bad fruit or no fruit at all. But God's power produces the proper fruit. Verse 12, back in Acts 4, is similar, pointing to the fruit of salvation. There is salvation in no other name but Jesus. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. And is there a better example of God's power in human form than Jesus who came to earth? Power in healing, power in not speaking when it would have been so easy to speak. When he was being ridiculed, when people were trying to say, oh, who are you? King of the Jews. Did he speak? He remained silent. That's power. When you don't speak, when you are in the right, and you have every right to give a report for why you're right. In those situations, may we be reminded of what Jesus did. And he remained silent. Another parallel between Matthew and Acts, 21-45, so two verses later, when the leading priests and Pharisees heard this parable, they realized he was telling the story against them. They were the wicked farmers. They were angry, and so they were ready to fight. They were ready to kill him right there because he was speaking against them. Acts 4.13, a little different, but again, they realize they're speaking, that, that Peter and John are speaking about the religious leaders. But look at the members of the council. They were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John. So we see amazement. I'm sure there was anger in there. I'm sure there was fear. But the word amazement is used here. Amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John. They could see that they were ordinary men with no special training in the scriptures. They also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. My kids, we were just in Columbus this weekend, a little getaway. And we were at the hotel, swimming in the pool. And I'm thankful because they're at the age where they can kind of touch the bottom. So I don't have to hold them everywhere I go, although they still love it for me to throw them. And we had fun. It was tiring, but we had fun. And I was watching them as I had reflected through this. And my, my kids can kind of swim. They're, you know, they're not going to last in, in the deep end more than five minutes, but they can kind of swim from one edge to the other and hold on. And I was thinking, you know, what a picture this is. These ordinary men. Now, we know Paul. If they were talking about Paul, they wouldn't say he was an ordinary man because he had pedigree. He was a brilliant man. You know, studies show just how amazing Paul was before his conversion and after as an intellect. Peter and John were ordinary men. And here they were just speaking the truth so clearly and so boldly and so powerfully that only the Holy Spirit could empower them. And these guys recognized this. It would be like my kids who can't really swim without any instruction. All of a sudden, they're like going down and back, down and back, down and back, down and back without touching the ground at all. That's not going to happen without the power of the Holy Spirit. And I don't know why the Holy Spirit would do that. But, you know, God's ways are not my ways. So, who knows? That's what I thought of. Ordinary men with no special training. The good news is that's me and that's you. We're ordinary people. We have no special training. I, I think, you know, I don't think Brian had the foresight to pick this passage for me, but that this week Andy would come in and speak about Acts 4 because he's an ordinary man. I think God had that foreknowledge, that I am the person to come speak this because I have no formal training. I have no Bible college background, but I have the Holy Spirit of God. 
And each one of you has that too. And we can make a difference because of his power, not man's power. The verdict, or verses 14 through 17, there was a closed council meeting. You know, all these religious leaders went into a little group and said, what can we do with this group of guys? What are we going to do about their teaching? Some things are out of our control. Peter and John had no control what was happening in that meeting, what was said. And in life, so many things are out of our control. That is man's power. We can either worry about what's happening that we can't control, or we can trust that God has it all worked out. And he's going to work despite or in spite of whatever they do. So they have that closed council meeting. Verse 18, we hear the verdict. So they called the apostles back in and commanded them never to speak or teach in the name of Jesus. <sighs> Were they serious? <laughs> all right, you, you're, you're making this guy whole. You're speaking boldly. You've got all this power behind you. Just stop. <laughs> Look at the response, verses 19 and 20. But Peter and John replied, Do you think God wants us to obey you rather than him? We cannot stop telling about everything we've seen and heard. May that be our response today. Do you think God wants us to obey you rather than him? We can't stop telling about everything we've seen and heard. Both Matthew's account of Jesus and the account of Peter and John, and with charges more or less being just dropped. There's nothing we can do. Oh, well, just don't do it, okay? <laughs> okay. They couldn't come up with a way to stop God's power. The only way that we can stop God's, the only person, the only thing that can stop God's power is us. If we choose not to take it. If we choose not to be powered by the Holy Spirit. If we choose not to listen to what God says. That's the only thing that can stop it. Because once it is in action, once the Holy Spirit is working through us and speaking through us, and the fruits of the Spirit are all throughout our systems, and they're going out to the world, no man can answer to it. You can't stop it. So it's up to us to say, God, use me. Use me in this situation today. Would you pray with me? God, we are ordinary men and women. We don't have, a lot of us don't have biblical training in the scriptures. We haven't been to seminary or Bible school. Maybe we haven't been to Bible study. <laughs> but we have been with Jesus. And may our lives be marked by that very fact. And we, may we spend more and more time with you creator of the universe. May we be so aligned and attuned to this Holy Spirit of God that we speak truth, that we speak love, that we see every situation we are in as an opportunity to allow God's power to be displayed so that people see that God's power, your power, O oh Lord, is greater than man's power. We thank you. We thank you that it's you, and it's not us. In Jesus' name, amen.